0: Hey folks, Rigved here. This is the first episode of my podcast. I think it is fitting that I start this podcast with the topic of privacy. My goal with this episode is to help you understand digital surveillance. We are going to talk about why is privacy important? What are your threat models? The big three users of our data, default settings, software and services that protect your privacy, VPNs. So let's get started. First, why is privacy important? A lot of people make the argument that if you have nothing to hide then you have nothing to worry about. Edward Snowden remarked arguing that you don't care about right to privacy because you have nothing to hide it is no different than saying you don't care about free speech because you have nothing to say. I think it is like saying there's no need to wear any clothes in public during summer because clothes are designed to protect you against cold. Knowledge is power. Anyone who has knowledge over you has power over you. I think having privacy means reducing power others might have over you. I believe we need privacy to protect our most vulnerable selves. Think cancel culture. Think about people who posted something offensive on social media that they don't believe now and got cancelled. Having privacy might help you grow as an individual because it creates safe space for you to express and contemplate your deepest feelings and desires and thoughts. Having privacy is also important to protect freedom of speech, as lack of privacy would destroy the lives of activists in countries under dictatorship. So what do you think? Do you have something that you want to hide and why do you want to hide it? Next, your threat model. Before we go get into privacy, you need to figure out what is your privacy threat model. So what is a privacy threat model? Well it is about identifying threats to a privacy. It is knowing who can take advantage of you by knowing things you don't want to get public. For example, celebrities try to protect their information from news media because they don't want something to get out in public. Another example is you setting a passcode on your phone so that your family members cannot unlock your phone when you are not around. Although there are no official public definitions of threat models. You can come up with a number of them here are my three levels public private and anonymous public level is for example anyone can see who you have sent an email or text message to and also what you have typed in those emails and text messages private level is anyone can find you have sent an email or text message but they don't but they don't but they cannot figure out what is said in that email or text message. Anonymity is not knowing who sent the email or text message and not knowing what is said in that email or text message. Keep in mind, this is rant about privacy and not anonymity. If you're into anti-government stuff and you're worried about your government going after you, well, this episode is not for you because I don't have experience in that department. But for the sake of taking privacy to the extreme, I've tried some of these anonymity methods. And let me tell you, most of those anonymous solutions are terrible. Not only are they a little difficult to get to know, but they also come up with a price tag which some of us cannot afford. For example, would you pay for a private email service instead of using Gmail or Outlook? Some of us can afford to that. Some of us must do that whether you can afford it or not because, you have, because of your work and your lifestyle. Privacy protecting software is not going to provide you the experience of let's say Google or other big tech companies. So I ask you to consider what data is important for you to keep private. One thing that is important for all of us is our financial data but that's a given. What else do you need to protect? Nudes, simple don't take nudes unless your profession requires you to in my case i don't i don't want my financial information and my body to become public knowledge few other things that i want to protect is my communication and my and my browsing data simply because knowing other people's browsing data or Letting my browsing data become public is a little creepy, I think. Maybe you want to protect it as well. I don't care for for example, I don't care about my location data, so I'll continue to use Google Maps instead of other private apps that are not as good as Google Maps. I also don't care what happens if someone takes my health data and gives it to insurance companies, medical research institutes, big pharma, etc. Try not to misunderstand. Health data is really, really important, that's why Google really wants to sell smartwatches. Since their Wear OS platform failed, they acquired Fitbit for $2 billion. That's why before Google, Facebook tried to acquire Fitbit for $1 billion and failed. But as I was saying, personally, I don't care about what happens to my location data and my health data. So I'm going to use the best location and health related apps not necessarily the most private ones so it is up to you realistically speaking to decide what data is important for you to keep private and what data you wouldn't care if it became public it's a sad reality i wish we were digital privacy conscious 15-20 years ago when all these privacy invading softwares and services started so we wouldn't have to make these compromises but having some privacy is better than nothing i guess Next, the big three uses of our data. There are three main ways our data is processed. First one is most popular one. It is an advertising business model. Of course, I'm talking about targeted advertising. When you're not paying for a service, you are the product. Data is the new oil. These are some of the quotes th- thrown around most often nowadays when people talk about privacy and targeted advertising adapting this model allows a product to be distributed on a massive scale as compared to say something like a subscription service that is why social media companies have this business model that is why google and so many other internet services have this business model have this business model sorry second one is government surveillance most f- famous examples of this are all the leaks about United States government by Edward Snowden and many dystopian stories that are coming out of China. But they are not the only governments. There are two approaches to national security in digital space that I am aware of. Some governments have tech companies give them data only of those individuals who are under criminal investigation. I don't think there is anything wrong with this approach. Police search all properties of people who are under criminal investigations other governments unfortunately force companies to introduce a backdoor access when the in that case the government can see data of any individual at any time they want this is also known as warrantless surveillance this is straight from george orwell's book 1984 this is also a bit lazy cost saving measure where governments can spy on anybody rather than traditional approach of directly investigating suspects or hacking their devices i think this is i think this might be the reason why many governments are doing this instead of some nefarious supervillain motivations we imagine those bureaucrats have the last major use of our data it's called telemetry or diagnostic data telemetry is people who developed software product and are maintaining that product use the data we share with their product to improve that product This is the reason why youtube recommendations are so good this is the reason why spotify has best music recommendations in music streaming many companies also share data with third parties to improve their production services amazon hires contractors to analyze what people are saying to their alexa for example another ex well what this is basically is if you are older and if you remember using windows xp say something fails say, say some program fails or crashes or something like that then you will get a pop-up saying do, don't send information or send information and we always clicked don't send so instead of this click uh instead of this manual send information or don't send information wait yeah, yeah yeah send report or do not send report that's <laughs> that's what it was on windows xp so traditional approach was whether you you can uh, you can choose to send a report or you can choose not to send a report diagnostic data or telemetry means you are automatically sending report all the time all the time but so, how do you know what apps or services are collecting your personal data and how they are using it? Simple, you read the privacy policy, but the privacy policies but privacy policies are hard to understand for anyone except people who are tech savvy lawyers, you might say. well, they are required to do so because of legal reasons. Of course. The benefit of legal language is that most people do not understand what they are getting themselves into and simply click. I agree because they really want to use the app or service. That explains why Facebook is angry at Apple over the release of iOS 14 because it simply makes everything transparent and easy to understand for everyone who isn't a tech-savvy lawyer. As for privacy policy, you don't have to read the entire policy. There is always an index in the beginning of the Privacy Policy page that summarizes the entire policy. What you need to focus on is something like what data do we collect about you and how do we use your data or how do we we process your data. Usually these these questions are among the first three in the index of the Privacy Policy. Remember the big three uses of data that, that I just described. Diagnostic data for product improvement legal requirements and advertising vpns now some of you may think a vpn can solve all your privacy problems many companies have tried to sell you that idea don't get me wrong a vpn can help stop your internet service provider or your isp su- isp from spying on your internet history isp is basically is uh, your mobile data mobile data service Or your Wi-Fi service a VPN is also useful from a security standpoint when you're using public Wi-Fi like say airport Wi-Fi or restaurant or cafe Wi-Fi VPN is also useful to see content on the internet that is banned in your country so a VPN is use. it's actually really really useful continue using VPN but do not expect it as a blanket quick fix solution for privacy Default settings, if you are forced to use services that are not privacy friendly because of your workplace or your school and university, always always try to change default privacy settings if you can whenever you get a new phone or whenever you sign into those apps. If you go to the settings on your phone, there is a privacy section in your phone settings. Find something called advertising id in the privacy settings. And turn it off if you do not want your data used for advertising pr- purposes always always check settings in all of all of your apps all of your phones and your computers to see if there is an option for of privacy and if there is an option you can change those settings to your preferences now finally i am going to talk about softwares and services that protect your privacy i have already talked about reducing the influence of privacy invading invading software. Now let's talk about privacy protecting software. One main thing that you should absolutely change is your default browser. I would recommend Mozilla Firefox or Brave. Microsoft Edge and Apple Safari are good as well. Basically any popular browser other than Google Chrome. But my top recommendations are always Mozilla Firefox and Brave. I also recommend an app called Signal for text messaging. If you can convince everyone to switch to Signal instead of you know, iMessage or WeChat or WhatsApp. I wouldn't recommend emails for private conversations. Even Edward Snowden recommended not to use emails for private conversations but only use them for registrations and logins. A lot of workplaces have started to ad- started adopting Slack or Microsoft Teams. But for private conversations, use Signal. Some people recommend Telegram and iMessage. Telegram doesn't use highest end encryption, end-to-end encryption it is called, like Signal, WhatsApp and iMessage by default. Own- Telegram only enables that option if you are using secret messages feature. If you must have private conversations on your email, then change your email address. Proton Mail and Tutanota are good email services. Although both you and the per- and people that you're talking to must have one of those services. Be very, very conservative about what you're backing up to cloud. That is Google Drive, Apple iCloud, Dropbox, Microsoft OneDrive. Either keep your sensitive and private data on your phone. And your computers or use cloud services that use end-to-end encryption two most popular cloud services that do use end-to-end encryption are sync.com and Trezorit. it but these are dropbox alternatives rather than google drive and microsoft alternatives i say that because like dropbox they only offer cloud storage google apple and microsoft offer productivity suite which includes cloud storage but also includes emails, calendars, office suite, notes app, reminders apps, etc. There's a Swiss company called Proton that has Proton that has email and calendar called Proton Mail and Proton Calendar respectively. And the and they are launching Proton Drive and ProtonNotes in coming years. So you can wait for a few years for that or pay separately for ProtonMail and Sync.com or treasure it or you can be conservative and mindful about what information you put in your emails and your cloud storage well that is it this is the first end this is the end of first episode of my podcast i thought i should start with start this podcast with topic of privacy because it's this is one of the biggest issues with tech however i want to talk about not just technology but other things i like ideas i like i'm an ideas person rather than you know data person i just hope i can talk more and entertain anyone who's listening anyways folks thank you so much for listening to the first episode of my podcast